Hello, this is the Tale and Vision podcast and we are Anna and Victor. And this is our second episode where we will be introducing ourselves, who we are, what we do in our daily life and uh, what is all of this geekiness what you might be hearing in the upcoming Tale and Vision episodes. So, this lovely person on the other side of the cord is um, Anna Erlandson. Oh, nice pronunciation. Oh, Mangatak. And uh, <laughs> she is a huge nerd, so huge of a nerd that uh, she built a career out of this. She might be one of the most inspiring geek you meet uh, for quite some time because uh, she has some superpowers. For example, she can read very fast and she is super good with people and social media even when sometimes she doesn't believe it. She likes to dress up in uh, weird costumes and uh, hit people with swords at Viking festivals. And in her daily life, uh, she is managing a huge bunch of uh, people for uh, one of the cool games uh, which are out in the Eater. So, uh, yeah, in short, uh, she is a girl who breeds fire and uh, and spreads uh, warm fuzzy hugs while dressing up in Viking costumes. And Victor, who is on the other end of the court for me, is an amazingly talented person who is super good with team building and making people finding their inner strength and working together. He's also super amazing when it comes to like team speaking, facilitation. And he's also a huge nerd who loves dragons and dinosaurs and building epic role-playing games in Dungeons and Dragons inspired world that he builds himself which is kind of super amazingly cool. He's also very good in like putting together creative costumes, building miniature castles. And what more have I forgot? He's also very good in inspiring people and making them believe in themselves, both in his professional life and outside of it. (laughs) Thank you. So, Victor, now you have introduced me. Thank you so much. And I have introduced you. So I think our listeners know that we are two very like geeky persons. So, but why are we doing this podcast? I remember that uh, dark gray autumn night where we have been um, sitting in a in a bunker. It was only a small candlelight flickering and casting demonic shadows on the walls. Where there was this light bulb moment, this marvelous idea which popped into our head at the same time that well. We should just make a podcast and uh, plan it down to the very details. We just got a huge brown paper on the wall. We have been grabbing karch calls and we were just writing everything full of uh, plans. And uh, here we are right now at the first step of this adventure, which will span into the next decade. And uh, here we are. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us for this adventure. Um, because uh, this is intricately planned right from the beginning to the middle and to the end. Yeah, this is the start of an empire. And you and me, Victor, we would never ever put something out out half-baked, right? No, never, never. But that's not really what happened, isn't it? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it was more like that at Christmas time we were thinking that, okay, what to do on Christmas? Oh, why not play a role-playing game? Okay. Because we're nerds. Yeah, I was uh, running a short role-playing game for Anna and uh, because I had a podcasting mic in my backpack, we were like, well, let's record it and let's see what happens. And Anna edited it and then we uploaded it. And we were also brainstorming on some ideas what to be the title. And it turned out that there were no Tail and Vision named companies. So in two hours... And I secured all of the social media channels which were available. I booked the domain name. We uploaded our podcast episode, and <laughs> we are uh, we have more than one hundred likes in like five days, and like more than yeah. twenty listenings to the podcast episode. And I feel amazed and so positively surprised and blown away that uh, this is growing so fast in my perception. It's crazy. Is it like usual when you're dealing with social media? Mm, 
Mm, usually it takes around two weeks to get 100 likes in my opinion. Uh, also like a heads up, when I was working as a journalist I was working a lot with social media and radio. So I have a bit of insight. So usually two weeks. So I was also very blown away when it only took like five days. And also super grateful to all of you who are listening that you actually like want to follow us and hear more from us. That felt super amazing. Yeah, thank you very much for sticking with our geekery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. It's like, I don't know, uh, maybe over time we will come up with something for, for this tribe, the Tail and Vision Tailors or... Visioners. visioners in short this podcast started out as a like oh this is a fun thing to do and then it grow into a project that has yeah it might escalate but we have lots of ideas and lots of plans for what we want to do and i think it could be a really fun ride yeah i'm interested in your epic nerd story first okay do you want the long version or the short version well in like maximum five minutes that will not be possible, but I will try to keep it short. It all started when I was kind of young and I was a huge like nerd and read lots of fantasy books and lots of sci-fi books on the library. Also a huge history nerd who loved Robin Hood. And then it started when I stumbled upon a television series on the morning uh, summer program called Sailor Moon. And I just fell hell over heels. It had like magic girls. It had epicness. I could be a superhero. And I just, what is this awesomeness? I had never seen a television show like this before. And I follow it and I start to love it even more. And that's how I discovered anime. And the same summer, I also stumbled up to something called LARP. I was like, what is this? Why is people dressing up in like uh, things from Lord of the Rings and out in the forest? This sounds amazing. So I want to go to a LARP, but my parents were like, nope, Anna, you're not allowed to go to a LARP until you're 18. And I was like, 18? I would be dead until then. But yeah, I continued to watch Sailor Moon and read a lot of manga, watch some more anime, Pokemon, of course, because it went on Swedish television. And when I was 18, I signed up for my first LARP and I told my parents, like, I go into a LARP. And they were like, you're not allowed. And I'm like... I'm 18. What are you going to do about it? I'm allowed to do whatever I want. And then I left them for three days, went out in the forest without a mobile reception. I was not a good daughter. And then I discovered role-playing, playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I discovered board games. That was super nice. Uh, my parents had played some board games with me when I was little. But now I discover like there were lots of like board games and board game convention. I discovered Madity Gathering, super nice card game. I really love that. And it just kept on going and I kept on going to more LARPs and like discovered more board games. I discovered also people who were like me who also were super huge nerds and loved playing with it. And it felt so amazing because for the first time I felt like, wow, I'm not alone in being a nerd. And I loved it so much and I started to like doing it more and more even when I got my education and started to have a proper job and everything and then I realized like I want to do this full-time so I started like holding lectures and being panel talks and writing blog posts and like creating my own stuff in gaming and then I ended up having a job working with the gaming industry and that was very unexpected for me but I still love to like playing video games and watching Sailor Moon and playing board games with my friends. So yeah, I haven't changed that much in this many years. You might notice that uh, how Anna's voice sounds super passionate when she's speaking about that. <laughs> Through the video camera, I can see that her eyes are sparkling. So yeah, she lives for this. <laughs> it's kind of my life. But Victor, you're also a huge nerd. That was one of the things when we first started to talk for real, then I discovered like, hey, you also like these nerdy things. So how did it start for you? I'm thinking how it started. I think most likely with books. So I started to read lots of uh, Array Salvatore books uh, about uh, draw elf uh, running around with two swords and saving the world. And... Uh, I really like that. I, I read those books constantly. And then uh, I realized that, wow, these kinds of stories are on computers too. And when I was a teenager, I was I was playing Icewind Dale. 
I was playing uh, Neverwinter Nights and all kinds of these role-playing games. And uh, later, when around secondary school, a friend of mine invited me to... Oh, even before, it was a hiking camp and we were sitting next to a campfire and there was this guy with a huge, huge green book. And he was like, Victor, this is a real Hungarian role-playing game. I can tell you a game. And I think at that time I was like 12 years old. He started to tell a story where I don't even know what I played. Maybe it was like a warrior, most likely. Everybody's first character is a warrior. And uh, (laughs) he was just telling a story that there is this huge demon and with great leathery wings and he just crashes down in front of you. And we were fighting with it. And when it got very much uh, beaten up, it started to fly away. And I was like, I just grab something and I throw after it. Okay, you try that, you don't hit it. I grab something else, I really want to kill it. And he was like, no, the demon went, flew away. So I was like, huge life learning for me that every time when there's a hu- leathery demon <laughs> with big wings, <laughs> then <laughs> cut the wings off the first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's super important um yeah and but after that it was like i was playing lots of role-playing games uh back in hungary i had this role-playing group where we played lots of dragon age and then um, and then uh, dungeons and dragons and later on when i moved to denmark uh, in my dorm with a good friend of mine eiler we started this uh, board game club board game community in the dorm and it turned out that uh, people really liked it so we were running one-off games every week that was the time when i started to realize that when i'm playing my characters at that time i was playing a ghost gnome who was a druid a schemer scammer and i was just lying my way through the world i was trying to trick a beholder to stay in his cave and not try to go up to, uh, to the surface and uh, eat all of the people around and what i realized that when i was playing this character out in my daily life i was also becoming more assertive not lying but simply staying in more in frustrating or tense situations and i was okay with staying there when i wanted to get my money back for a book which i bought and i wanted to bring it back before that i would have just avoided the conflict altogether but then i just brought back the book to the bookstore and i was like no i want my money back they were like no we give you a gift card well what do i do with the gift card i'm living in denmark i want my money back and they ended up giving me my money back and i was also feeling that my planning skills how i work in teams how i put together complex strategies with other people how i deal with situations where one of the people in my team is a wild mage who just like to shove random potions down to the throats of enemies and ends up (laughs) healing them So I felt that I was learning a lot, lots of social skills, while I was having tremendous amount of fun. That was the first inspiration why I started to develop my own gaming system, so that I don't need to carry around 5 kilograms of books just to play, but rather I can just get ready to play even when my plane is delayed at an airport. I can just play rock, paper, scissors instead of rolling a dice, and I can just improvise a story right there. Yeah, long story short, I got this inspiration how to use gaming and role-playing games as a vessel for creating a very safe and entertaining place for people where they can practice new social skills, where they can try to be someone who are not who they don't dare to be yet in their daily life. So they can just go into this fun social laboratory and maybe try to take lead or be more assertive or try out how it is when they just do something to fuck up and see what happens after that. How it is to try something and turn back time. So like in a startup that you try something, you create a minimum viable product and most likely it will be very bad. But you learn a lot and you retry and you iterate. I was learning a lot from this and this was the base inspiration how I started to develop my own methodology 
to run roleplay based team development trainings, uh, soft skill trainings. Later on, nowadays, I'm combining it <laughs> with uh, improvisational comedy and improvisational theater. So it's even a more embodied experience, which is resembling to LARP a bit. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, act very playfully. And the last workshop of mine, I had 20 costumes for fairy tale characters. And there were these amazing game designers and they were dressing up as the big bad wolf or or the ice queen little red riding hood and uh, they were playing out the story like there but long story short that's my epic background story starting with drizda orden and uh, running <laughs> leading to me designing corporate trainings based on role play and gamification I have to say, it's wonderful to see you talking about this as well because you're smiling so much and you also you like gesticulate with your hands, showing like how much this means for you. And I find it so inspiring how you took also your interest and turned into like this gamification form. But we should not dwell too much into that now because we will talk about that in a later episode. But I think it's so amazing how you managed to do it. But I'm a bit curious because. When you start role playing, were you playing as a participant or were you starting to DM like a dungeon master? I was uh, I was playing as a participant for quite some time. I think I'm playing role playing games well quite regularly in the last 9 10 years uh, counting that first mm-hmm. game of mine where I lost my role playing virginity that might be like 6 ooh damn 18 years ago. No, that's crazy. Whoa. Okay. 300 years ago, I born in the Scottish Highlands, eating haggish. And you slayed Nessie and overcome your virginity in roleplay? Actually, we made friends. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) Nessie deserves all the friends. Yeah, that's why I like dinosaurs. (laughs) Dragons. I don't even remember. What was your question? Uh, if you started as a participant or a DM, and you say you started mm. as a participant, yeah. but I know for a fact that you are a very good DM, Dungeon Master. So how did you get into that? Because I mm. find it very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's quite a funny story. I think my first DMing experience was back in Hungary. like That's like five, six, seven years ago. I started mm-hmm. to actively DM here in uh, Denmark with my board gaming club. And there was one time when our usual DM, who is amazing DM, I learned a lot from him about how to improvise sessions. And how to improvise sessions, I think, because he really liked to party. And <laughs> there was one time when he turned up and uh, he was like being a zombie coming out of Resident Evil movie because he was so hangovered. And he was like, oh, this is horrible. Just keep down the lights oh not that loud no not that loud thank you and i was like okay man are you really up for this because if not then i can just run the session he was like oh yeah let's do that so meeting up in half an hour here you go i give you this three pages long adventure so you can just run that and in half an hour i was just going through those t- three pages marking out all of the stuff in the adventure it's called the jade idol i think it's it's still a very good starting adventure it's a traditional dungeon crawl i was bringing in some new parts and i highly recommend you not to read it it's one of the base uh, foundations for uh, one of my novels <laughs> mm, i want to read it well then you can uh, exercise your <laughs> willpower not to do it you know I'm hopeless with diastrol. I have no willpower at all. Well, then uh, we figure out something. <laughs> but uh, I ended up running that game and I was quite satisfied with the result. And I realized that I enjoyed more than even playing. Because I was playing so many more characters, doing so many more weird accents than when I'm playing uh, as a character. And I was creating a space with using all of my imagination and previous communication trainings and learnings to bring a great experience for all of the other players. I felt that uh, through DMing I can combine my previous experience from theater. I think I was 
I was doing theater for like three years, maybe four, when I was a kid and later on in my early 30s. Like real theater with like a script or something? Uh, when I was a kid uh, in elementary school, then I was attending a theater group. We were also going to competitions which are with our plays. Later on, when I was uh, in my early thir- uh, 20s, then I was part of a theater group where we were doing uh, theater plays for kids. This was a very good combination with all of my interest in communication. I was I took an Ericksonian hypnosis training some years ago, also some uh, neurolinguistic programming and uh, communication negotiation trainings. So it was like really a great mixture of how to describe things and uh, and create these imaginary landscapes for people. Yeah. It was a great combination for uh, all of the geekiness which I <laughs> really enjoyed and <laughs> which which was a great thing separately and then dungeon mastering I could have just connected all of them. Yeah, it really sounds like you tied everything together for you. Yeah. And right now connecting this with my with my work I was working for a big bank for like 2 years running idea creation workshops. I'm a certified business facilitator. So connecting that with running role-playing games and uh, geekiness about psychology and personal development, (laughs) communication, uh, that creates my company now, Innovation Haven, and all of the workshops I'm running. And you are really high level in that. Oh, thank you. You really rolled well on that uh, charm, (laughs) persuasion. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I may lack in willpower, but I'm super good with bluffing no what's it called yeah i'm good with other stuff (laughs) (laughs) i was monologuing about my backstory of how i started dming i know that you also have quite a bit of story of uh, how you made gaming into a career oh yeah uh as i said before it was not my given choice of career. I always dreamt when I was little about being an author, writing lots of fantasy books, because I loved reading about these fantasy books with different worlds and adventures and everything. So my dream was to write a book. I went to several writing retreats in the summers where I could like learn how to write poems and different stuff and also like how to sing. So the creative side of me really bloomed during these, those years. And when I grew up, I realized that, huh, I like writing, perhaps I should become a journalist. That sounds fun. And this was when I started to like get into geeky stuff for real. I think I mostly viewed my geeky stuff with board gaming and things as a hobby. And when I decided to go into journalism school for real, I kept on like board gaming and role playing. But after a couple of years when I worked as a journalist, I realized that huh, I don't think I will grow up and let go of my interest. I will always be a nerd. I started to write some lectures. I started to like go to more conventions. I also started to become part of a, the national board of the association Sverok. So I sat there for four years, three years as one in the board. And the last year I was president. And that was a big step because during the three years I was just sitting in the board, I met so many different kind of nerds. I talked to so many interesting people. I visited more convention. I wrote articles. I started to write articles in my journalist life about cosplays and LARP and everything because I felt like this is so important to lift up because it's such a huge part in so many young people's life. So why aren't we talking about this more? I wanted to keep on doing that and when I become present I did it on full time and I just kept on doing it because it was so fun and when I decided that I wanted to go for the president post I realized like okay now I'm at the stage that my hobby will become my work and it didn't feel so scary it felt like this is actually the right time for that and after that year I started working with events at the sci-fi bookstore in Gothenburg and also as a project leader for the eSport Association Female Legends. So my hobby continued to be my work and I had lots of lectures and panel talks and doing the podcast and everything. And then I got a job after to go into the gaming industry and build the community and hosting events there. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is amazing. It wasn't really something that I had as a life dream. I think if I went back 10 years in time and said to my like younger self that, hey, Anna, 
you know, in 10 years you will be working with the gaming industry and you will actually like pay digital games because that would be your job. I would be like, no, that's impossible. I would be a journalist and like having a normal job and perhaps not being a nerd anymore. So it feels very cool. And why I wanted to do this and decide to go for it was because I really love the people and I love the community. I love to meet everyone who is nerds. It doesn't matter if you play board games, card games, LARPs, role-playing games or digital games because I see that these things mean so much for people no matter what age they are and I find it so beautiful because I want to build something for them and together with them and I think it's also for the like the girl I was when I was growing up. I had a pretty good time in school but I was also the only nerd in school, the girl with all the books and like the girl who liked Sailor Moon, so I was not one of the cool kids, we can just say that. I was so low on the like cool scale, it was not even funny. <laughs> so I would like to build something for like those kids of today that are nerds and like feel like, hey, I'm perhaps a bit lonely, but no, they are not lonely. There are so much things for them to see and to go to, like conventions, meet up, playing online with their friends. And I also want parents and grown to see like how big part in young people's life this actually is basically i'm getting so frustrated each time when i meet parents who are like oh board games you can play that when you're young and then you get a real life i'm like no if you're really passionate about something it will stay with you it will stay with you forever and it will become part of your life and that's a beautiful thing i mean for me and also for you vic our work is our hobby and the other way around and I think we turned out pretty great. Well, everything is subjective, but uh, it's uh, quite nice so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, this could be also a topic for uh, for another podcast because uh, you're living your you're living your hobby, and uh, I'm also working in in my company. It came to my mind. I think when you're following your dream, there is the essence of it. It's like these three points, which I would highly recommend for everybody who wish to make a business out of their dreams and these three points are and that you will hear in our episode about how to make your hobby into your work so keep on listening to us <laughs> now i have also monologued about my nerdiness and your nerdiness i want to ask you some more questions victor yeah shoot yeah because now i know how like about your work and our listeners know about your work which is super awesome and about why you're being a nerd so i'm thinking like shall we dig into some everyday questions about us yeah ready for it mm, i do yeah. a little bit of stretching because one sec yep. feeling ready and these questions i actually got from someone really really intelligent and talented oh. Who is that? I don't know. He lives in Denmark. He comes from Hungary. Oh, wait, it's you, actually. Aww. Okay, so what is your perfect day? Hmm. Well, a perfect day. I really like to travel. Sometimes I forget how much. So how I imagine now a perfect day is that uh, the perfect day is part of a longer journey, a longer travel. And what pops into my mind when I was doing... Uh, a two week long round trip in Italy around two years ago I was just was it Bologna I think it was Bologna and I was so tired after Venice I was walking like 10 kilometers every day then I, I arrived Whoa. to Bologna and I was sleeping at a couch surfing place and I was just meeting this uh, amazing uh, guy. We were going around, partying. I was eating pizza. I was sightseeing, see all of these beautiful sights, met some nice locals. I really felt that it. I was walking around in a set from an Assassin's Creed game. Whoa! So it was beautiful. It was connecting with the local community. And it was also very introspective because when I'm traveling, I feel that I'm going into a bubble. My mind is not spinning about my daily tasks and answering emails. So usually that is where I have all of these diffused thoughts in my subconscious just connecting together. And uh, that is where the real new ideas or visions are popping up in my mind. Mm. So uh, the perfect day for me would be one day in a longer travel journey. That sounds really nice. Yeah. My question for you is, what is your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. Oh my, now my head started spinning. 
I'm terribly bad at making food. I'm horrible in the kitchen and I can't cook even if my life depended on it. Yeah, last time I was at a post-up LARP, I was too lazy to heat my pasta, so I ate it raw. Wow. One sec. What is a post-up LARP? Uh, a post-apocalyptic LARP. So it's set in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. It's This LARP was based on Borderlands and Fallout. And so the food we were bringing with us was mostly like canned food, like pasta with meat with meatballs, spaghetti bolognese. And I was too lazy to heat it. It would have taken literally 10 minutes. I was too lazy. I just opened the can and eat it raw. That's my level of how much time I want to spend in the kitchen. But I love eating nice food. It's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> Actually, I love eating nice food. That's why I love traveling also so much. But my favorite food... I think if I have to pick one thing to live off for my entire life, Ooh. that would probably be ramen, I think. Ooh. I really like ramen uh, because it's super nice. Uh, it's like the pasta, the meat, the eggs, uh, the bouillon. It's really nice. It's kind of heavy food, so I always get like super tired afterwards, but I really like it. So ramen and hamburgers. I really like hamburgers and french fries. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm also taking notes. Okay, your turn. Yeah, question for you then. Mm, let's see. What is a weird skill you have? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, now you now you found something really yeah, good. Um, something which most people doesn't expect me to have as uh, a skill is to know how to dance haka. A haka? Traditional dance I think from New Zealand. Imagine these huge hulking warrior people with face tattoos and dressed up in palm leaves and uh, feathers and they're just ready to go out and hunt down some whales and before that they're just and it goes on and um, I'm quite a tin guy I could uh, cosplay as uh, Jack from Nightmare Before Christmas uh, <laughs> it's my Aww, body type that's cute <laughs> I'm also with my glasses uh, I think I'm I'm like the typical geek looking adult uh, how I could be so for example when I was in one of I attend quite a lot of these co-creative art festivals and at one time I was like mm -hmm. okay you people, you're doing yoga every day. So I think we can bring in a different kind of energy. And I was re leading this very grounded, very fiery, quite masculine warrior type of uh, dance to 130 mm -hmm. people who were floating on a happy, lovey-dovey, hippie <laughs> atmosphere and doing it without a shirt. It was like people were like coming up to me. Wow, Victor. I didn't imagine that you you had this in you, but I'm so fucking proud of you that you are my friend. <laughs> That's a really cool skill. <laughs> At the post-op lab, we can we can organize something like that. <laughs> yeah, because we are going to a post-op lab later this year. I'm super much looking forward to shooting people with nerf guns and uh, swinging swords around while. And somehow modifying my pirate costume, which I have too many of, to <laughs> fitting into a post-apocalyptic environment. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to like shoot people in with my bow and arrow, since I'm a trueborn ranger. And also to update all of my gear into something more Ooh. nice looking. I think it would be fun. I just envision my character. I will be going out to look for a Nerf gun. I really want to paint it into into some kind of steampunky look. And uh, with that uh, sign, so in a trash, I found a huge traffic sign, which I was like, well, this looks like Captain America's shield. Let's make a shield out of it. So I want to have that in one of my hand, the shield, holding a, a buffer sword. And in the other hand, I want to have this, uh, have this uh, Nerf gun bit steampunky having wires and tubes connecting it to my backpack yeah oh that's nice 
oh that we will definitely build it's it's like a post-apocalyptic uh, samurai night that would be nice and i will be probably i would think i will be wielding a crowbar as Ooh. my close wield weapons and my bow and arrow i will have so many arrows people won't be able to get near oh, me oh yeah mm. you will be like the hedgehog girl making everybody hedgehogs Yeah, and I can stand behind your shield so no one can hit me. That's nice. <laughs> nice. Okay, my turn. Mm, we are going into juicier questions here. What is important for you in your life now, Anna? What's important for me in my life now? Mm, it's actually to find a balance in how I prioritize things. I am a bit of a workaholic, so I try now to do my best to not work too much, but to work exactly the amount of time I should be doing but also giving it 120% when I'm doing it because I want to do a good job and also finding time for my friends my family and my loved ones to have in my life and also to take better care of me as a person to have days of rest to train my body so it becomes super strong and to do the things that I like and find enjoyable like playing more video games having board game nights because there was a time in my life when i was so focused on job that i forgot what i actually love to do in short finding a balance for me so i feel healthy i feel safe and i also feel like i I'm giving the people that i love enough time and also remember to tell my friends and family and loved ones how much they actually mean to me hmm. every day wow thank you for sharing that yeah okay Question for you. Hmm. What was a big turning point in your life? Hmm. hmm. I have two in my mind and uh, both mm. of them when I decided that uh, how my life is going, I want to change that. One of them is that uh, I didn't started my education as a business person, but uh, rather I learned chemical, studied chemical engineering for one year. and uh, there I really like the laboratory exercises I like to make chemical experiments I also like the programming and the micro and macroeconomics but besides that uh, I think I would have been a horrible chemical engineer I just learning all of the formulas and uh, and, uh, dealing with physics and uh, mathematical equations uh, it didn't bring me any joy so I was like okay no I I skipped that and I want to learn something else. I was basically I I left uh, my chemical engineering classes. I made an advanced level mathematical um certification after secondary school and uh, I started mm-hmm. my education in management because uh, I really like personal development. I think it's a very important part of my life. And I felt that uh, through management, management is like personal development, but on an organizational scale, which takes introspection of uh, identifying what is what works well and what could be improved, mm-hmm. and uh, figuring out ways that how things which could be improved could be turned to the better. That that's the first thing when I just left my chemical engineering education and I decided to work with business. And secondly, when uh, I decided to move to Denmark, I felt mm-hmm. hungry to be quite small. Um, I I want I was looking for adventure. I don't think that I ever traveled on my own before before I moved to Denmark. Okay. So mm-hmm. that was a huge decision for me, and so far it has been working out marvelously. My last five years here in Denmark, it it was a crazy roller coaster. And also, I feel that it's like my life is improving exponentially. Or if, and if it's not improving, then I'm learning exponentially. <laughs> Two times when I decided to leave something behind and 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 do something else. Wow, they are really big things. Thank you. Mm, thanks for the question, Anna. If you could give an advice mm-hmm. to your younger self ten years ago, what would you say? Wow, uh, it's okay. Everything will turn out great. You are not a big failure, and you are way better than you think you are. So don't let people step on you. That's the advice I want to give to my ten years younger self. Well, let's hope little Anna is listening through the ether. 
in the multiverse <laughs> i don't think she is <laughs> oh the multiverse mm, let's see a question for you what have you always wanted to try hmm i think it's it's going on a huge travel adventure i'm i i grew up in hungary and i grew up in a middle class family and so uh, money was never in abundance or at least not too much and i learned how to how to just save up money and uh, and not overexpand but think about the future and somehow i i just i feel this huge appreciation and inspiration from people who who might not have that much money but they just say fuck it i will just buy a motorcycle and i will just ride around ride around the earth earth in uh, one and a half years i just met a guy like that in mm-hmm. one and a half days before um, or or another person who is like well where can i have my internship you know what i will go th- to thailand in the jungle and i will live on a dirt floor for uh four months and i will be doing gardening studies there and she didn't have any money for it but she she just took the leap and she made it happen i i don't operate uh like that so for example if i would do a southeast asia trip I really want to be sure that okay I don't need to live on a dirt floor and I can experience it mm-hmm. uh in a way that I can go wherever I want to go but that also holds me back I think a little bit because right now I could just get a plane ticket and and go there but it's it's more like keeping it safe or or just go and yolo <laughs> go adventuring So I think what uh, what I wanted to do uh, for a long time is is like going traveling for maybe a whole month do a do a euro trip with trains never been outside of Europe um Asia uh, it's uh, it's uh, something super interesting America also uh never been there who knows maybe I can I would also go to Africa or all of the places but yeah a long long journey <laughs> a long travel i would like that that sounds really nice these were quite a few questions uh, we answered i also feel that i got to know some uh, new stuff about you so yeah that feels nice yeah likewise and i think perhaps should continue to ask each other question each episode and if our listeners have some question they're asking not inappropriate questions please then you're free to send them in Yeah, uh, I like that. Worst case, we just say no for answering them. Best case, we answer them. Or even better case, we come up with some amazingly imaginative and creative answer for your questions. Oh, that could be something. Like the time when I was fighting a dragon with my bare hands. <gasps> oh, you imagine kung fu movies where you're hitting <gasps> uh, these sounds like... Push, push. Oh. But when you Ow. have bare hands and you're fighting, it sounds like. <laughs> okay, that's unbearable. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I mean, you, you, I, I really couldn't bear listening to that for any moment longer. Yeah, it's uh, it just. Um, let's put a cub on it and um, and let's move on. Yeah, we really pawned it. Oh time. wow. Yeah, also yeah, also for you listeners, me and Victor are very bad or good with word puns. So you just have to deal with that. But we've been rambling about a lot and we have been talking about going to a post-up LARP which we will be doing. We've been talking about doing an episode about work as a hobby. Uh, what more will we be talking about in the upcoming episodes that we have planned out so so good? upcoming episodes i know that i have one more paper castle for gotcon where i will be running uh, two workshops and a lecture so mm-hmm. maybe we will have a paper castle building episode mm-hmm. that we need to do we might be also doing an episode about how it is to be gotcon and norchken what what are those those are uh, gotcon and norchken are gaming convention gotcon is mostly for board gaming miniature gaming card gaming and role playing of course and Notrian is a multi convention for gamers it has everything basically 
And we are going there this year. It's huge. It's 10,000 people. Yeah, Norton is huge. Gotcon is also pretty huge. It's like 2,000 visitors. And we will be going there and having a super fun time. So that will be awesome. Yeah, we will probably do something there from the conventions and perhaps even before. So that will be fun. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm so much looking forward to it. It sounds like one of my co-creative art festivals, but lots of geeky, geeky <laughs> vibes. Yeah, that's the best kind of thing. So I've been to them a couple of years and I really love them. So I'm so excited to go there again. <laughs> nice. And I also think that we should dwell into a bit more of like the things that you are doing, Victor, mm-hmm. with gamification and working with team building. Because oh, totally. that's super interesting. We can, maybe we can split that episode into three so people uh, can only listen to for like four hour long segments if I start to geek out about this. You would never geek out too much about your work. Yeah. We, we figure out something. Maybe we just, uh, oh, we could make a deal with a pizza hut so people can just talk, stack up on snacks <laughs> while they're listening. Oh, I thought you us. meant that we could get free pizza. I want free pizza. I am also up for that. Oh, we, um, you you were LARPing a lot with costumes and swords yes. running around. Um, yes. I mostly did black box LARPing, so I think uh, we could go into that. What is LARPing? LARPing, why it is cool? Stuff like that. I mean, I've been to two black box LARP, and you and me have been to a black box LARP together, so I would mm-hmm. love to talk more about black box LARP as well. Um, also a bit more what role-playing has meant for us. You digged into it pretty well. I think it could be interesting. And also, mm. perhaps trying some more board games. I like trying board games. Oh wow, that would be that would be very nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm totally up for that. Yeah, I don't think we will run out of ideas anytime soon. I think we have so many ideas for this. Yeah, totally. It's more like that finding the time for it, <laughs> not finding the ideas. <laughs> we are wizards, Victor. We can find the time. It's just it will it will be fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine with the time. It's we will just use a time turner. Yeah, I mean I have time turner earrings. I have a time turner necklace. I was using it when I was playing a constantly drunk pirate in a time traveling LARP. Oh yeah, you also have a time turner. So I mean, we can solve this. Time is what is time for wizards like us? Oh, totally. By the way, it's super useful. You could drink the same beer infinite amount of times. You just need to go back 30 seconds into the past. Oh my, I need to go and fetch my earrings. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So uh, mm-hmm. these are our, our ideas. Maybe our co- uh, maybe the community. Tail and Vision Tribe. The Tailors. Maybe you have some ideas. So if you have, you can leave a comment on our Facebook page. Or, like, send us a message on Facebook. We check them pretty regular. So, yeah, just do it. And, yeah, some ideas we might be able not to do right now, but we will always keep them in mind, and we love talking to all of you. Yeah, and if people want to talk with us besides Facebook, where they can find us? Yeah, so you can find us on Facebook, uh, Tail and Vision. Just search for that, and please like our page. We put up all the new episodes there, so you don't miss anyone. And we are also on Twitter. Uh, we are called Tail Vision there as well. So just search for us and we will pop up. We're also on Instagram, <laughs> Tail Vision the same. And we have a YouTube channel, Tail Vision. And I strongly recommend to follow the YouTube channel because we will be putting up some exciting materials, hopefully, uh, during, the, during the months to come. So yeah, that's us on social media. But Victor, if someone wants to like talk to you about workshops and team building and perhaps like everything cool you have been doing where can they find you as a person so um where people can find me is um, first step is uh, check my website innovationhaven.com you can also find the facebook group and the facebook page for innovation haven in the group uh, i'm testing all kinds of new workshop ideas while on the facebook page people can find uh, upcoming open workshops and trainings where they can join so innovationhaven.com and uh, where people can find you anna i have a public facebook page uh, under my 
I have lots of different names. Uh, all actually are my real names. So on Facebook, it's Setsuna Seras. You can find it there. I post a lot of things from my blog there. I So it's setsunaseras.blogspot.com. So you can also read into all of my everyday life. I post a lot about things I like, things I find funny, uh, lots of different things. I'm on Twitter and there it's Anaseras. So, and there I post lots of discussion things, retweet things from my job and very high amount of cute otter pics and kittens because the world needs cute otters and kittens more. And I'm also on Instagram and on Instagram it's Setsuna Seras and there I post like glimpses of my life, things I like, um, yeah, things I do. So please go and follow me there. I would be super happy if you do, did that. So thank you very much, people, for listening uh, listening to us rambling about ourselves and what we like about geekiness and uh, psychology and uh, quick reading. You you learned about Anna's superpower and my my weird skills. So fun fact for <laughs> you today: <laughs> lifelong learning, I guess. <laughs> But, thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, I'm so amazed and fascinated that uh, so many of you are interested about our stuff, what we are dealing with and what we are speaking about. So uh, huge, huge thanks to you. And um, that's all. F that's all for today, folks. And uh, feel free to write to us if you have any questions or uh, yeah, just wait for the next episode. Anna, do you have something to say? I I totally agree with you, Victor. I'm so happy and thankful for everyone who is liking and following us and listening because it feels super cool. And I'm so hyped to do more episodes and keep on doing this podcast. So I'm basically just jumping up and down right now in my chair. <laughs> I'm so happy. Nice. Everyone, take care and we see you next time. Bye-bye.